on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. A game that swinging a soft fly into shallow left, coming on and making the catch. Tyrone Taylor. And this one is over. Man. 14-4 is the final. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Matt Foley. How about that for the first Brewers-Cubs game since American Family Field went 100% capacity? A whole lot of Cubs fans in this building tonight. Stadium, whatever you want to call it, ballpark. Most of them left early. Most of them are uh, well on their way back down south because the Brewers... They put up a 10 spot in the bottom of the eighth inning, and they win 14-4. to Just an incredible performance by the Brewers, uh, hitters there in the uh, eighth inning, as they put together one of the best innings that you are ever going to see. It ended with Eric Sogard pitching. Uh, I would love for the Elias Sports Bureau to say how often a position player has ended up pitching in an inning that when that inning got started, it was a tie game. The game got so out of hand that they needed a position player to finish off the inning. I I don't know if I've ever seen that before, and uh, that's a fun one. That's a fun way for this uh, game to uh, end today as the Brewers pick up a 14-4 victory. If you want to join us, you can do so. My name is Matt Pauley, Craig Kishon from Valley Sports, Wisconsin. He'll uh, join me once he is done with his television responsibility. And uh, the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line available to you at 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also uh, tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers come away with a 14-4 victory as they knock off the Cubs, and we'll continue on with the program in just a moment here on WTMJ. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. Swing and a drive in the left center and deep, way back. In case you have not been paying attention, since Willie Adamas showed up, not only have the Brewers been playing good baseball, from a record standpoint, they've been playing playing the best baseball. The Brewers since May 22nd, that's that day that clubhouse door opened and Willie Adamas walked in. The Brewers are 25-10 and 10 in that period. That is easily the best record in all of Major League Baseball, and he's got a big part in this one tonight as the Brewers come away with a 14-4 victory over the Cubs, opening up this three-game series. Welcome back into the program. Want to join us? You can do so by calling or texting into the Accurate Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. Or you can uh, tweet in at Matt Pauley on air. Let's get our first phone call of the night. We'll go to Sparky in Madison. Hey, Sparky, you're on WTMJ. Uh, okay, Matt. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Uh, you know, uh, Williams has not pitched with a lot of consistency this year. And I know that, you know, last year uh, with everything that was going on, you know, he didn't pitch against everybody in the league. He basically pitched in the, what, the, basically the teams that were close to Milwaukee. But, you know, I'm just thinking that maybe 
last year he never pitched with any crowds. Now this year he's pitching in, you know, ballparks with crowds. And I'm just, and this might sound a little off the wall here, but uh, maybe, and I know he's pitched before in the minor leagues, but I'm just wondering at the major league level if maybe, you know, the crowd reaction and just playing with fans in the stand might have some impact as to why he's a little bit inconsistent. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but, uh, you know, he has not. Well, pitched. Sparky, let me, let me stop you for a second because I, sure. I look, he does, he didn't have it tonight. I'm not, he did not have it and give him credit for battling his way to putting up a zero. He did not have it. Uh, you are correct in saying that there has, there has been more inconsistencies to what he's done. But, Sparky, what would you tell me if I told you that in the month of June, Devin Williams has appeared in 12 games and he has a 1.64 ERA? Yeah, God, I didn't know that, man, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I guess the bottom line is, is, as inconsistent as he was tonight, uh, he didn't, nobody scored off him. You know, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the, probably the bottom line. But, uh, you know, maybe we just got to a point where what he did last year, you just figured that every time he came out there, it was going to be a three-up, three-down, and strikeout after strikeout. But, you know, I, I'm not down on the guy. I just think that, uh, you know, it's just a different animal this year as, as opposed to last year. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's going to be okay. But it would be nice to, you know, see a little bit more consistency. But I'm sure he's uh, trying to do the best he can. So I just wanted to... Just throw that out for discussion, man, okay? Yes, Sparky, I appreciate it. And I think, you know, he's rounding into form in the month of April. He had a 4.66 ERA. In the month of May, he had a 3.72 ERA. And uh, after tonight's performance in 12 games in the month of June, he's got a 1.64 ERA. He's thrown 11 innings in his 12 games in the month. He's given up two runs, th- uh, three runs, two earned on eight hits. He has 20 strikeouts and eight walks in those 11 innings. So the eight walks in 11 innings is a little bit more than you would like probably. Uh, before tonight, it would have been six walks in 10 innings. I think you could take that a little bit more. Again, he's not the he has not been as dominant as he was last year. I don't know what's leading to that. Actually, what what my belief is there, there's. It happens. There's there's tape on a guy. You know, you get video, and the league adjusts to you, and then you adjust to the league and everything. So I'm not worried about Williams. I do think it's worth mentioning. I really, and this is a really important thing that I think people should hopefully. I'm not always right. I, I can be wrong a lot, but I do think this is one area that's really important that you look at what happened in tonight's game, because I'm a big believer. I'm a huge believer that. You have core members of your team, and you trust those guys to do their job. And sometimes it's not going to be pretty. Sometimes it's going to be clunky. And you know what? Sometimes it's not going to work out. They're not going to do their job. There was a lot of people on social media. There were people on the text line calling on Craig Council to get to the bullpen and get Devin Williams out of that game when he was sitting there struggling. Devin Williams is a core member of this team, and Craig Council trusted him. And that, that means a lot to a guy like Williams, and it means a lot to everybody on the team because it, it empowers someone to go out and do their job, even if they're not totally on. And I would be saying the exact same thing right now. If he had a, what, he, he had, uh, he had the, it was 3-2 when he got the roller over to first base. 
If he loses control of a pitch right there and it's a ball and he walks in a run, that's going to be his final. He's going to come out of the game at that point because then he's officially not done his job and you'll get somebody else in. But the jury was still out until that moment. But I would tell you, you trust your guys to do their job. You, you, they're, they're your guys. And that's what Craig Council did today and it was absolutely the right decision. People were calling on Josh Hader to come in at that moment. That's not who Josh Hader is anymore. That's not who Josh Hader is. Josh Hader is the one-inning guy, and he is putting up amazing, fantastic numbers being a one-inning guy, and that's who he's going to be this year. And I don't know if that's going to change at any point, but I don't think it's going to, and you stick with what you've done. In fact, there was a conversation going on during Brewers' warm-up today with Greg Matzik about whether or not Brewers fans should be upset that they're not going to go with Corbin Burns on the Wednesday game where if you had a five-man rotation, it would be Burns on Wednesday, but the Brewers have gone with the six-day rotation, so they're going to keep Burns back for the game uh, against, I guess it's the Pirates who they're playing next after the Chicago series. And there's people upset. Our guy Doug texted in, said, um, go for the jugular on Wednesday with Burns. Let him pitch and have him uh, have a real nice lead, as a, uh, hoping that the Brewers can come up with a series sweep at that point. No, Doug, you're wrong. You're, you're, you're completely wrong on this. What you do is you keep doing things the way you've been doing them all year long. You have a strong, steady hand running things, and you stay very consistent, and you don't get too high, and you don't get too low, and you just move forward, and you believe in the process, you believe in what you've been doing, you believe in everything that you've built up until this point, and you just keep going with it. You don't change things up just because you're going to be playing the Cubs at the end of July, early or at the end of June, early July, whatever the date is coming up uh, on Wednesday. You just do what you've been doing. That's what you do. So no, you don't move a guy up in the rotation to fade. That's that's crazy talk. Maybe you do that at the end of the season if you're fighting for wins to get into the postseason, but you don't do it at this point in time. You absolutely don't. You stay steady. And that's what this team is very good at. They don't get too high. They don't get too low. They believe in what they do. They keep moving forward. They don't react too much to things going one way or the other. Fans react crazily one way and the other, and that's okay because that's what fans do. But part of the reason the Brewers have been so successful under Craig Council, under David Stearns, under Matt Arnold, is because of how consistent they've been able to be in how they go about doing things, and they just keep doing it moving forward. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauley on air. Brewers get a fantastic win today. They knock off the Cubs, winning by a 14-4 score. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Now the pitch. Keston bangs to right center and deep. Way back. Get up. The cup bullpen in right center by Keston Hira. It's his fourth of the year. He drives in four tonight. A 10-run eighth inning, and the Brewers knock off the Cubs 14-4. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Craig Kishon from Bally Sports, Wisconsin, just walking in after he wraps up his television duties. What a game. Oh, that was as fun as it gets. I mean, the atmosphere, 
uh, tie ball game in the eighth inning. You got the top two teams in the division. You got rivals. You got fans jawing at each other out where we were in the right field corner. I mean, it was just uh, it was just everything that's been missing from this game for two years. And you know, the Brewers just the way they won it, Matt, was as exciting as it gets. And it it hasn't happened very often in franchise history getting ten plus runs in an inning. So. There you go, man. What a way to start the series. This is way better than playing in April, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Uh, way better than what happened all last year, yeah, too. Yeah. Sixth 10-plus run inning in franchise history, the last time, 2010 at Washington. I was supposed to ask you about this before you got on, but you just walked in as we were coming on, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go blind here. A little birdie told me, were you on play-by-play yeah, on that game? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think Council hit a grand, grand slam, slam in that yep. game, yeah. yeah. So it was a 10-run first, and, and I can't remember what the final was, but... But it was a stunning uh, finish because I'm pretty sure it was like ten to nine or a twelve to ten or something like that. Yeah, it was, ten uh, nine is I believe what it, I'm going to get the box score up. I've got that thing here. We probably had a couple of rain delays. We were probably there for you know nine or ten hours trying to get through that one, and it was over in the first inning. One of those games. Eleven to seven 11 was to the seven, final yeah. score. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's see who uh, who started that day for the Brewers. Doug Davis got the start. Went four and two thirds, giving up five runs on eleven hits. And uh, Craig Council's uh, day, you mentioned the Grand Slam. Let's see, where is he? I'm looking at the Nationals line. That doesn't help me very much. Uh, Craig Council goes two for four with the four RBIs hitting the, uh, hitting the Grand Slam. So, yeah, yeah. It, I remember that hit because it was, it was, uh, he pulled it right down the line. It was a no-doubter, but it just hugged around the foul pole. If I'm not mistaken, and uh, that that was a fun one. That, that's interesting. I, I I would not have thought after the ten run eighth inning here tonight that that was only the sixth time mm-hmm. in franchise history. That makes me now feel old, like I've seen a lot of history here in I, the franchise. I've never seen, and I would really be curious to know how many times it has happened where a game has been tied. And it's gotten so out of hand in that inning yeah. that a position player has had to finish that same yeah. inning. Yeah. It, I've never seen as that. what, the third or fourth pitcher of that inning? What yeah, was, what, third. There was, Sogard yeah. was the third pitcher of that inning. Yeah. That was like when they said Sogard was coming in when B.A. announced that, I was like, holy cats, this is amazing. So I was confused when it happened because I see Ross go out there, and then uh, he comes back to – the um, he comes back to the the umpire, and if you're going to make a double switch, you have to go to the umpire first. And I don't see anybody coming in from a bullpen. Like what's it? It, it just looked funny. There's a yeah. there's a rhythm to to baseball. And when you watch baseball on an everyday basis, you just kind of know where the pieces are supposed to be, and the pieces weren't working out because of where Ross was and who wasn't coming on. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh. Sogard's coming in from the infield to pitch. This is this is wild. Yeah, it's you're right. You just don't see it. I I can't remember the last time, if ever, I saw it happen that way either. Where where an infield position player or whatever a position player was pulled to to pitch and finish up an inning like that. But um, tell you what, everything that happened before that was uh, pretty electric, and and this team, you know, is on the brink of doing some really special things. Um, I, I said this on our pregame show before the game started. You know, up until meeting the Cubs here today, the Brewers really did everything they needed to do over the course of the last month against some pretty uh, mediocre opponents. Right? No, no offense yeah. to them, but if you're a good team, you go out there and win, and that that's what Milwaukee's been able to do. And now you're welcoming in the Cubs here, the two frontliners in the in the division as it's turning out right now. 
as this whole National League picture goes, the division winner here might very well be the only one to get a playoff berth. So go get your division title now and the Brewers with a four-game lead at this point. At Brew Crew, Scott tweets into the program, was the Luis Arias hustle play to third base the turning point in the game? If that play is not made at third, I think that's a really good point by Scott. That's a that's a huge play when Yelich comes in and they, they get that out over a third. That's a that's a big moment in this well, game. It's, and it's, it's so rewarding, too, when you've got a guy out there that is he's a smart player mm-hmm. Urias is and and we did uh, we actually covered that highlight uh, on Statcast and Urias from his uh, shift defensive position to start that uh, pitch and where he wound up at third base to make the out he covered 126 feet <laughs> basically in in a single to left with Yelich yeah. coming in and then throwing on the run uh, incredible play on both parts and and I don't think I've seen a play like that very often, no. that's for sure. So, uh, yes, that was definitely a, a turning point. It's a perfect bang-bang play. It's almost like catching a runner stealing at second, but it's with as you everything else going on, the yeah. throw coming in from the left. You think Yelich bounced it in there on purpose, or do you think he was just trying to get it there? I, I, di- I do because Arias hadn't stopped running yet. He was yeah. in a position over at third base really to accept it, so I think it was a really heads-up play by Yelich, and then and then the trust that he has in Urias. I, I think I think that play by Yelich goes to show you the respect that the rest of the team has for this young kid, and and knowing how important he has been for this team and how important he's going to be, you know, moving forward for the rest of the season. I, I tweeted this out. This is this is a game where you had two eighth inning guys who struggled and one fought their way through and the other didn't. Yeah. And that's the difference in the game. Devin Williams was not good tonight, but he somehow, some way got out of there without a run scoring. Ryan Tapero was not good tonight, and he can't get out of the inning. Yeah. There's your game. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Both these bullpens are really good. Yeah. And so you, you've got your guys all slotted in positions. Boxberger struggled in that uh, seventh inning. He gave up the two-run home run that ended up tying the game. But to see what Devin Williams did, uh, 34 pitches, it really looked like maybe he had faced his last batter and and bases loaded and and counsel's on the phone to the bullpen. He knows uh, Richards is ready to come in, and he never even came out to the mound. Um, It's one of those things where you have to let this kid get through this and and learn by this, and you got to believe that Williams did. Brewers get an impressive 14-4 win tonight. We're back with more in a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley. Peterson out of a wide-open stance waiting in the pitch. Got him looking, and no argument from Jock Peterson on that one. Another strikeout looking for Freddie Peralta tonight. 14-4, the Brewers come away with the win tonight. Welcome back into Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. I'm Matt Pauley. Craig Kishon from Bally Sports Wisconsin along as well. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting and to the Ancunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, uh, 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That's how uh, you get uh, in contact with us. At Field Pigeon, tweeting in. When was the last time an acquisition made such an impact as Willie Adamas? Was it CC Sabathia? And I, 
Yes, probably. And the, the thing with Adamus is he's going to be around for a while. He's got longer time. This guy has star just written oh, all gosh. over him. Uh, I, I, I half-jokingly said this, and, and I think uh, for a lot of Brewer people, uh, fans, I mean, that, that know Carlos Gomez really well, uh, and I mean this very kindly, I think Willie Adamas is like a controlled Carlos Gomez. Um, he just has this team wrapped around his finger as far as the pulse, what he gives out, what he accepts. Tonight, he said he doesn't remember being in a bigger game in his career than the one here tonight. This regular season game in late June, two of the top teams in the division going head-to-head and then to see what happened in the eighth inning. And then he participates with that moonshot of a three-run home run. But just the energy, the, the positiveness, the plays he's making, the hits he's coming up with, the influence that he has, it is really, it is really off the charts because nobody, nobody outside David Stern's office and Matt Arnold's office knew this was coming. Nobody. What? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. I mean, this you're... was this was this wasn't a shot in the dark. This was calculated, and it is working, folks. It is. It is really working, and it's fun. Uh, and we learned last year when there were no fans the impact that fans can make. Uh, Adamus in his post game tonight, when asked about the uh, atmosphere here, he said, "Wow, this is amazing. This is the big leagues. This is unbelievable." I told Avi, bro. I'm living the dream. Yeah. What? Like, how can you not love the guy who Absolutely. says that? Yeah. Absolutely. He's he's humbled. He wants to be here. Uh, he's cherishing the moment. He's cherishing his career, his teammates, his new city. Uh, I mean, it's it's um, it, it's pretty amazing stuff, man, to say the least. So it feels like Freddie Peralta started this game about three months ago, but he he I did yeah. he did start this yeah. game. Gave up the two runs in the first inning, and and does and that's something the only bugaboo Peralta really ever has is sometimes early on in games he struggles or he gives up something, and then he locks in after that. He does have the four walks in six innings if we want to nitpick, but eight strikeouts, two runs on two hits. Peralta was just Peralta, and he did his thing. You know, the funny thing, too, with him is he can get uh, kind of grouped into – having struggles with a batter or two. It is interesting when, when you look at how we keep our score and stuff here. Jock Peterson and Ian Happ, the first two uh, batters in the in the lineup for the Cubs, they each drew three walks and hit a home run in their first two at-bats. So you look at that damage is cornered right into the mm-hmm. score scorecard right there. But everything else is Freddie Peralta. Eight more strikeouts. He's got 122 now already, Matt, on the season. That's tied for fourth in the league. Um, I mean, he's still he's still electric, and, and he's not perfect. We all understand that right now, but he is pretty doggone close if he can get those walks not to not to hurt him, I guess. Yeah, and, and he seems to give up more walks and hits almost every mm-hmm. outing. Yeah, if he gives up more than two hits, it's front page yeah. news. And what did he give up tonight? Two, two. hits, so there let's, you go. Hold on, let me bring up, uh, before we take a break for the news, let's go to his game. By, I, he has given up more than two hits very few times this season. Um, going through, he gave up five hits in a game against Cincinnati on June 16th. He gave up 
three hits against Cincinnati and four hits against Washington and five hits against Chicago. So he's only given up three or more hits five times this year, and he's only given up more than three hits three times this year. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, and what start was he making? 14th on the year, 15th, yeah. something like that. That's pretty impressive stuff. And so. His ERA by month, 2.25 in April, 2.51 in May, 1.78 in June. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, while ERAs across baseball are going a little bit up for for reasons that we've talked about is Major League Baseball's cracking down on sticky stuff. He's getting better as the year goes along. Yeah, and and you know, this is this is the thing to watch though because this this is all all unfolded. And I know you probably talked uh, at nauseum about uh this rule change and whatnot right now, but it, the big test is to see if it's affecting brewer pitchers right now and i I haven't seen it yeah i I haven't seen it at all maybe some other staffs from around the league have i'm sure they have not here no i mean look at garrett cole yeah look at garrett cole yeah there is nobody who is more guilty by statistical analysis than garrett cole yeah 14-4, 14-4, the Brewers get the win over the Cubs. We'll hear the postgame comments of manager Craig Council after the news. The news is in two minutes here on WTMJ. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Base hit to right. Peterson around third. And he will score easily on a base hit by Keston Hero. A phenomenal performance for the Brewers today, specifically in the eighth inning when they put up a 10 spot and they win today by a 14-4 score. Scott Warris, who you generally hear between uh, 6 o'clock and 9 o'clock if we don't have a Brewers game here on WTMJ, just texted in this little nugget. This is good. This is the first time that the Cubs have ever lost a game by at least 10 runs that was tied after seven full innings. And Scott mentions that, you know, the Cubs are really old. So that's something. That is something. 14-4, Brewers get the win. The 10-run eighth manager, Craig Council, who was uh, right in the middle of a uh, 10-run inning the last time the Brewers did it, but Council was a player at that point. Uh, He spoke to the media just a little while, and uh, they discussed how long it has been since there's been a 10-run inning for the Brewers. Uh, I remember it was a long time ago, Um, but that that was a good day also. Somebody hit a grand. Somebody hit a grand slam. We were told. Yeah, that's what Mike just told me. Yeah, I guess that's that's truth. That's the truth. Craig, there were so many things that that happened in that inning. Um, you know, what what stands out to you is the one that sort of is at the top of your list when you think back on this day that you'll remember. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I don't want to. It, it it was the two walks. To be honest with you, to start the inning. I mean, the two guys just had great at bats. You know, and then. And then Jackie's at bat. It's I'm not sure if Jace was 0-2, but like, but I know Keston was 0-2. So just 0-2, 0-2, and just and positive things happening. So guys just grinding out at bats and keeping the line moving. Um, you know, was, was the big thing I thought that inning. Um, I mean, those first those first two walks against a guy that's having a really nice season was um, they they were just great at bats and and Jackie. You know, got down 0-2 and and got a pitch out over the plate and and did something with it. So we just had great at-bats early in the inning, and then then the fun kind of started. Craig, what about the night that Jace Peterson had at the plate? Like, he got that inning going with the walk, but he was on base a couple times and scored a bunch of runs. (laughs) Yeah, he had a great game, and he's playing a really high-level baseball right now and and kind of all – 
all areas. I feel like base run is base running has been, you know, we never talk about base running, but he's been really stole the base and just the base running has been outstanding. Um, he just had a wonderful game. I mean, he's been on base a ton. He's, his at bats are just tough. He's making it tough on pitchers every single time. So, um, he's, he's playing good baseball right now as he's, as he's getting an opportunity. Craig, Craig, what um, it seems crazy to ask about stuff before the eighth inning, but a lot of good stuff happened in that game. Um, what about that play with Yelich and Urias to get Peterson in third? I mean, he, he had almost lead Luis uh, like a football. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, two guys made a great play. Um, you know, Yelich with the throw, at, like, and, and Urias was on the run, completely on the run, and, and then reach behind him with a tag was was amazing really incredibly athletic um and it was a huge play i mean that was a game changing play the inning is totally different inning um you know it, it box had a little bit of a tough time tonight but that was it was game changing really um so it was it was a special play i don't, I don't know what else to say it. it really was it's it's athleticism, I think, on the field. You, you see that. It's, it's kind of what we want to see in the game, and that was truly athleticism on the field right there. Freddie, after that second-inning jam he got out of, he, I think, only one base runner the rest of the way. What was the key to kind of him kind of turning things around there after this first couple innings? Yeah, I, I just thought he wasn't necessarily landing his off-speed, you know, early in the first two innings, really, and they were doing a good job of laying off it, um, kind of boxing him in a little bit. So, you know, they, they did a nice job with their approach. I mean, they, had, they had a really good inning against Devin, made him work, uh, made, him, made him be in the zone, fouled off with some tough change-ups. So they, they had some nice at-bats. I thought they had some nice at-bats in the, in the inning against Freddie as well, especially the second inning against Freddie. Um, but then he kind of got locked in and um, started making pitches, started kind of getting some just some lazy fly ball outs um, and, and some early outs. So... Um, you know, after the first two innings, you didn't think he's, I didn't think six innings was kind of going to be in the cards, but he was, um, he was really sharp after. Craig, what about the top of the eighth inning? I mean, Devin gets the first two guys out, then Sober gets a double, then he just has trouble throwing strikes after that. Did you almost go get him before, after he walked the bases? Pitch count was getting very high. Yeah, I mean, that was his last hitter. Um, absolutely, that was his last hitter, but. Yeah, like I said, I think they had good at bats. I mean, I, they, they they fouled off some tough changeups, um, and then made him throw strikes. And then he was having a little trouble throwing strikes tonight, um, but he but he kept making pitches. Um, and so so that's sometimes that's the night you have. Um, you know, you want a clean inning, an easy inning. Um, the other team made it tough on him, uh, but he kept making pitches, and he ends up with a zero. Uh, Jackie had a very interesting observation, Craig. He said he's never seen an eighth inning in a tie game where a team starts with their eighth inning setup guy and finishes with a position player. He said, uh, I mean, it just tells you how. Yeah. That yeah. Is. I mean, you're not, that, that's a, I, I don't know if we'll see that inning. Um, again, uh, that was an incredible inning. Um, you know, it was, it was a floodgate inning for sure. It was an inning where we, you know, did, did things really well. Like I said, the early at bats in the inning, just tough, tough at bats. Um, and then we were rewarded with a lot of fun, you know, almost after that. So it was, uh, I, I, you know, I, we were all sitting in the dugout saying we never seen anything like this. So it was, it was a fun inning for sure. Another nice night for Keston too. I mean, he's take, he sure is putting one foot in front of the other this time, isn't he? 
Yeah, I've been casting a great night. Avi had a huge night too. Um, his his night was his his home run to put us ahead was was a big deal. His, his base hit in the first was a huge deal. Like but the base hit in the first just to tie it um, really put us back on the map. You know, uh, after Freddie's tough inning and really gave Freddie some some momentum too to to, to keep going hard. So um, it was it was all around good good stuff. And Keston's at bats have been really solid and. Put the putting the ball in play, um, fight. You know the base hit or, or to, to get that fourth run in, just fighting off a pitch and put it in play, and got rewarded for it. That's manager Craig Council speaking just a little while ago. Keston Hira has his batting average up to 160. That might not seem like much, but when he came back from AAA, he was at uh, 127. It's been as low as 125. So the numbers are starting to come around since his return. Uh, let's see, uh, he has a hit in all but one game, and that was that first game back. He has hit uh, three home runs, so the numbers are moving in the right direction for, for here, and that's a really, really important thing for this team. All right, we're going to do it. Let's relive this game with the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 14-4 is the final score, but the bulk of this game certainly did not feel like a 14-4 game. In fact, game does not start off so well for the Brewers. Starting pitching matchup today, Freddie Peralta going for the crew. Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubs. As Peralta takes the mound in the top of the first, he walks Jock Peterson, and then he faces off against Ian Happ. Swing and a drive to right. Way back, and big time trouble, and gone. 2 nothing Chicago. If you've been listening to me very long, you know I've got a handful of baseball beliefs. And one of my baseball beliefs is the answer runs. You want to come back in a game, you answer runs. You at least put up a run after your opponent puts up a run. That's what you do. You stop the momentum. Well, the Brewers were able to do that in the bottom of the first inning. It all gets going with Luis Arias. From the windup, here it is. And that one's lined to left. Get down, baby. Base hit in the quarter. And he's going to turn and try for two and wisely pull up that throw right on target from Peterson in left. Clean off base set for Luis Urias. Hitting streak going to 11 games. Christian Yelich then doubles. That puts runners on at second and third. With one out, Omar Nervais walks and it brings up Avisail Garcia. Swing and a base hit to center. It's going to be tied at least. Urias is in. Yelich scores, and Avi Garcia on the first offering from Hendricks rips a line drive in the center field, and we are back to even. Brewers would end up leaving him loaded in the first. It would stay 2-2 for a while as Freddie Peralta really locks in. The Brewers would take their first lead in the bottom of the third with two outs of Isayo Garcia at the plate. Garcia down the left field line. That's well struck. It is gone. Avi Garcia. Have yourself a game. He's driven in all three runs. Brewers up 3-2. 380 feet on that home run. It makes it 3-2. And again, Freddie Peralta just rolling through as uh, he would end up uh, pitching 
uh, he would have pretty good, uh, pretty good day. And he gave up those two runs in the first inning and doesn't give up anything more. He goes six, gives up just the two runs on two hits, eight strikeouts, four walks for Peralta. Bottom of the sixth inning, Brewers would add to their lead. With one out, Jace Peterson gets a base hit. He steals second in front of Keston Hira. Base hit to right. Peterson around third. And he will score easily on a base hit by Keston Hira. 4-2 going into the seventh inning. Brad Boxberger comes in to pitch for the Brewers. With one out, he walks Jose Lobatone, and then Patrick Wisdom comes up as a pinch hitter. Swing a high drive to left, and Patrick Wisdom has just tied this game. Wow. That was a blast. Well, that's the recipe for the Cubs. A walk and a two-run home run. That would uh, tie the thing up, and uh, then Jock Peterson would walk as Boxberger did not seem uh, with his best stuff today. It would bring up Ian Happ. Fisted down the third baseline. That's a fair ball. Nobody's at third base. Adama's trying to beat the runner there. Here's a throw to third. Got him at third base. What a tag by Luis Urias. Jock Peterson was trying to win the race there. But Luis Urias sprinting to third base, catching that throw from Christian Yelich. And they got the out at third base, at least for now. And it was uh, it was good. He, he got the tag in there. An incredible defensive play made between Christian Yelich and Luis Arias over there at third base. Javi Baez would strike out, so just the two runs in the seventh inning, no more. And it is a 4-4 game going to the bottom of the seventh when Andrew Chafin comes in to pitch for the Cubs and does not give up a run. To the eighth, new pitcher is Devin Williams. He gets Chris Bryant to strike out and Jason Hayward to pop out, so very quickly, two outs in the inning. But then things go a little haywire. Eric Sogard doubles, uh, then back-to-back walks issued, and that loads the bases as uh, Williams continues to struggle uh, with his command. He faces off against a pinch hitter in Rafael Ortega. The pitch. Bouncer hit to first. Testing hero. Got it. Unassisted. And the inning is over. Devin Williams pitches out of it. He does, and it stays a 4-4 game. Not for long. Strap in. We go to the bottom of the eighth inning. New pitcher is Ryan Tabera. First batter Tabera faces is Avisael Garcia. He strikes out, but then back-to-back walks to Jace Peterson and Keston Hira. That would bring up a guy who's been struggling this year in Jackie Bradley Jr. Jackie sends it to left center and deep. Way back. Way back. Keston Hura at third on a long double by Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, that's uh, that's good to see from him coming up with that big moment, and you know it's in him as he's got uh, quite the major league track record, comes up with a big hit. So uh, at that point, Tyrone Taylor comes up as a pinch hitter. He hits a sacrifice fly. That scores Keston Hira, but the Brewers are just getting started. Next hitter, Luis Arias. Now the pitch. Swing and a drive, left center and deep. Get up, get off the wall, it is. In the second base is Luis Arias with a run scoring double. And it is 7-4 Brewers. 
That ends the day for Ryan Tapera as Trevor McGill comes into the game. He intentionally walks Christian Yelich. Yeah, that didn't work out. Here's Willie Adamas. Swing and a drive in the left center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Willie Adamas. And they add three more on a towering drive by the Brewers shortstop. And they have opened up this baby. Omar Narvaez then walks. Avisao Garcia gets a base hit. Runners on at first and second for Jace Peterson. There's a rocket to right by Peterson into the corner. One's going to score and they'll hold Garcia at third on a double by Jace Peterson. And for good measure, Keston Hira does this. Now the pitch. Keston bangs to right center indeed. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Keston Hira. And they add three more. On a rocket to the cup bullpen in right center by Keston Hira. It's his fourth of the year. He drives in four tonight. Eric Sogard has to come in from the infield to finish off the inning to, as a pitcher. I've never seen an inning that started as a tie game get so out of hand that a position player finish it off. Sogard did. Miguel Sanchez pitches the ninth, and the Brewers come away with the victory. 14-4 to the final score. The Brewers go to 46-33, and while the Cubs, they drop to 42-37. and Winning totals for the Brewers, 14 runs, 15 hits, one air. They leave seven for the Cubs, four runs, five hits, no airs, and they leave eight. Winning pitcher Devin Williams, he's 5-1. and one. Tapera takes the loss. He drops to 0-2. Home runs, Garcia his 15th. Adamas his 11th. Hira his 4th. Uh, for the Cubs, Hap hits his 9th of the year. Wisdom hitting his 11th. The game lasting 3 hours and 43 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 30,251 folks here at American Family Field. We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll preview game number 2 of this Brewers-Cubs series. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. 14-4, the Brewers get the win thanks to a 10-run eighth inning. Second time in three games where the Brewers have been tied 4-4 in the eighth and have scored at least six runs in their portion of the eighth. With the win, they extend their season-long winning streak to six games. It's their first six-game winning streak since winning seven in a row in September of 2019. The 14 runs, the 15 hits are season highs, and they also move to a season high, 13 games over 500, as we mentioned earlier. The uh, 10 runs, it's the sixth time in franchise franchise history that they have scored at least 10 runs in an inning. Certainly, uh, that uh, that is notable. Got a text message earlier from the 262. Uh, a really good long text message. We don't have time to read the whole thing, uh, but the texter made uh, three points. I want to read one of them because I kind of got a kick out of it. Um, 
says, I know they say every game is equally as important as the other 161 games on the schedule, but it's when it's the Cubs at AmFam Field, it's just not the case. Those games are so much bigger than the other 152 games. Cubs fans not only fill the Brewers Park, but they come in obnoxious and as arrogant as you can get. There were so many of them jaw-jacking after the Cubs tied the game that it was nice to see the Brewers drop a 10 spot on them the following inning. I have been attending about 60 games a season for the last uh, six years and this was by far the best time i have ever had at a brewers game yeah i mean look the those uh those cubs fans got out of american family field fast we're talking fast when uh when that 10 run inning was uh was going on i don't think many of them even got the opportunity to see eric sogard pitch i mean they were they were getting out of here for sure all right, let's look at scores from around the National League Central. The Pirates, they lose to the Rockies tonight by a 2 nothing score. The Reds put up 12 runs as they knock off the Phillies 12-4. Wade Miley got the start, went 6 Four run eight hits. He does not factor into the decision. The Cardinals tonight they uh, beat the Diamondbacks by a seven one score. It was uh, oh Wade LeBlanc got the start for the Cardinals. He goes four and a third, giving up a run on four hits, two strikeouts, and one walk. So that's already his what third organization. They go Orioles, Brewers, Cardinals. Do I have that right? Anyways, he started tonight for uh, St. Louis and uh, gave up the one run in four and a third innings, and he does not uh, factor into the decision. Paul DeYoung does hit a home run for St. Louis. It is his 10th of the year. So as we take a look at the standings right now, in the NL Central, the Brewers have uh, extended their lead to four games over the Cubs. Brewers 46 and 33, Cubs 42 and 37, the Reds six back at 39 and 38, the Cardinals eight back at 38 and 41, and the Pirates are 16 games back at uh, 29 and 48. Uh, not a lot of minor league games on Mondays, and that was the case today across the entire Brewers minor league system. Nashville, Biloxi, Wisconsin, and Carolina, they all had the day off, and they are going to get back at it coming up tomorrow, or today, technically, as we are now into Tuesday. Speaking of Tuesday, Brewers and Cubs back at it. It's going to be Brandon Woodruff on the mound for the crew. The right-hander comes in with a 6-3 and record, a 1.89 ERA. He is going to be a Posed by former Brewer Zach Davies, the right-hander, five and four with a 4.31 ERA. Davies last time out, he threw the first six innings of a combined no-hitter against the Dodgers. 7-10 first pitch coverage at 6:35 because of the Bucks game uh, Tuesday night. Coverage of Brewers baseball on our sister station, 94.5 ESPN, and uh, myself and Jerry Augustine will have you for Brewers extra innings after the game on ESPN.